What's up? What's going on? Welcome to the People's Show on a Monday, coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotic provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet? What are you waiting for? Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Bick here with you, Dom, Victor, Sonia, intern Sonia, we're behind the glass running the show. You can always be part of it as well. 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber, three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center, or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. New setup here today, too. Dom, what's going on? Uh, just a little something we're going to play with. Uh, Instagram Mondays. We're see, going live on Instagram. See new uh, screens and things everywhere, new new graphics coming up mm-hmm. here so at we're, Sportsnet on, 650. we're on ig live mm-hmm. at sportsnet 650 so you can uh look at big right space. here right here it's here the whole time uh you can be part of the show uh as you would normally do as you're texting into the dunbar lumber text message inbox everyone get into work okay no uh transit issues or anything like that i drive I- i've never seen so many cabs on the street in my life it's just like no kidding this is the chance no one's taking transit today uh yeah put the word out Put the word up. <laughs> Uber drivers and cabs just thriving yeah. uh, today. And Lyft drivers as well. Uh, everyone's, uh, hopefully you're getting into work all right. Uh, game day. Uh, we'll talk about the Canucks later on in the second half of the show. Game day, though. Puck drop later today against the uh, Connor Bedard-less uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, so some of the sting has uh, been taken out of the uh, pageantry of this game. Uh, but we'll, we'll touch on it uh Again, puck drop, 7 o'clock pregame, 6 o'clock. No television pregame as well. So unless they're on IG Live, you won't be seeing uh, Satin Dan. Uh, But you'll be hearing from me later tonight as well, 11.30. uh, Till 11.30 with Sat on the postgame show. Batch and Randeep on the calls. But let's get into the weekend of football. Divisional round is done. I I think maybe the funnest week of football just because there's so many games. There's four games, obviously, but it's high quality. And, you know, four excellent games. Shout out to the Texans for, you know, at least getting to halftime and making it interesting. Baltimore does their thing the rest of the way. No points against. It's 34-10. But all four games, intriguing uh, for large stretches of it. And I wanted to start, obviously, with the the big one last night. And we always talk about you know linear development. Usually it's, it's with prospects. They're like, oh, you know, development isn't linear. And, you know, the idea being you're, you're supposed to learn one step, move on to the next step, grow, and then apply and learn to get to the next step. That's how it's supposed to go. But, again, with always with prospects, we always say it's not linear, and it's true. We, we don't try to apply it enough to team success. And to be honest, we probably go the exact opposite way. And there's no hard and fast rules to this. Experience is always important, of course. But just because you make the playoffs one year doesn't mean you're going to advance further the next year. You make the divisional round one year doesn't mean you're going to the Super Bowl. And because you're losing the Super Bowl doesn't mean you're going to win the following year. Just ask the Philadelphia Eagles. There's been this ongoing idea that the Bills will finally do it. They've gone through so many hardships and this is the year that heartbreak turns into your heart growing like the Grinch all of a sudden. And sometimes you got to be the Grinch. Tell people, life's cruel, man. Life's cruel. That mountain that you've had to climb, that is the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, they stay standing. 
And every time the Bills have had this opportunity to go over and jump over the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, something has gone wrong. Blame overtime rules, blame the weather, blame the, the injuries in the defense. Everything just seems to go wrong for the Buffalo Bills. And never was an opportunity better than yesterday for them to get over. Because, look, I know they had injuries. Three fumbles in that game, they recover them. And they were still a few players short. The worst offensive season for the Kansas City Chiefs and the worst season for Patrick Mahomes. And they were still a few plays short. It's tough. It's tough. And I, I honestly, I, I sit here and I say, like all year, I, I just I wondered, do they have enough playmakers? Can they get over the hump and finally push into the AFC's best? I, I always felt that they were just a, a slip behind that group. And they really rallied in the second half of the season once the OC changed. But they were a playmaker short. Stephon Diggs did not have a good second half of the season. And when they needed him most, dropped one. Dalton Kincaid had a good game. Khalil Shakir had a good game. But they really needed one other playmaker. Because in a game, Stephon Diggs has a bad one. Who's going to be the next guy to step up? Kansas City had it. And first of all, they had Patrick Mahomes on top of it. Buffalo didn't. And sports, man. Sports is so hilarious. It's like, you've got hopes and dreams. We've all sat there at the starts of season and be like, all right, this is the year. You do it. And there's just poetic injustice or whatever it is. They get crushed in excruciatingly similar fashion as it did 30 years ago. Just wide right all over again. It's nonstop. It is nonstop. And the Bills, I, I'm looking at this and we'll chat with Steven Ruiz here in a couple of minutes here. Sean McDermott. I, I think did a good job in the second half of the season, considering all the injuries, get him to that spot. And you look at this and you look at Josh Allen, it's close. He played really well yesterday. But Patrick Mahomes just made it look easier. He just did just enough to make it look easier uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs to advance into the AFC Championship, they'll play the Ravens. I uh, will get into it all with the uh, with Stephen Ruiz at the Stephen Ruiz here in just a minute uh, from the Ringer NFL. Also, 49ers. I felt like played a game. This is more about Kyle Shanahan than it is Brock Purdy. We'll get into the Brock Purdy stuff with Stephen, but I felt like the 49ers played a game not to lose rather than playing to win. And Green Bay gave everything they had and probably should have won that game, to be honest. But that just felt like a game where they they, they relied on just a couple of key moments and walked out victorious. And I'll chalk some of it up to rust. It, it's difficult. you know, going at this, at this time of the season when you're trying to achieve peak performance, you get that week off. And yeah, it's nice to get, obviously, the health and uh, a, a bit of a rest. But I do wonder, it just felt like they were the least sharp of the favorites. And when you get that bye week, like Baltimore just took a little bit to get going, but they purred the rest of the way. When you get this bye week, do you stub your toe a little bit when you're absolutely firing? And it looks like the 49ers a little bit. I, I don't know if I'd be feeling more confident, even though they get the win and there's less teams, obviously, four, four teams left. If you're feeling more confident after that performance uh, against the Packers, maybe got away with one, but nevertheless, uh, they'll go up against the Detroit Lions uh, in a game that, uh, look, we'll get to buzzer bell. Uh, later on in the show as well. Things that I'm happy to be wrong about. The Detroit Lions are going to be featured heavily in there. But the 49ers, I, I came through that thinking, 
that's that's your bingo free spot. You got away with that one. I suspect they'll be significantly sharper, hopefully in better conditions as well, because it feels like that, you know, it, it's the elements, but it feels like that played a significant role. If it's a sunny game, I, I, I'd be looking at the 49ers bouncing back in a big way next week against the Lions. But we'll we'll worry about that later on in the show. All right, 650-650. You can chime in to the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, some Canucks thoughts coming in. Again, we'll talk about the Canucks in the second half of the show. After Buzzer and Bell, we'll do uh, guess the lines of what the championship weekend is going to look like. Obviously, news today as well. Uh, Carson Soucy is going to be missing some time here. I'll leave you with a question that I wanted to ask you uh, in the second half of the show about the Canucks. With the injury now, Carson Soucy, five to six weeks, going to be out uh, You know, right before trade deadline. But does this maybe move acquiring a defenseman up higher on your list of priorities? Does acquiring a forward still trumpet? Or with the Susie injury, are you looking at defense as being uh, something you got to keep an eye on? So let's uh, we'll do that in the second half of the show. But let's talk to Steven Ruiz, who joins us now from the Ringer NFL at the Steven Ruiz. Steven, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Uh, doing good. Uh, after a weekend of uh, football, that was uh, absolutely fantastic. And I was just talking off the top of the show. Uh, I, I can't imagine the Bills having a better chance to knock off the Chiefs than yesterday because they got a running game going. They recovered a bunch of fumbles. They had the fumble go out of the uh, end zone. And it's a down year for the Chiefs. And still, they're three points shy, a few plays shy. And I just look at this and I think it's it's such a difficult spot. Uh, so, you know, sports is cruel at, at the same time. As great, as great as it can be, it can be cruel for some fans. And I, I, I don't know if the Bills are going to have a better chance than yesterday. No, and, like, I would extend it past the Chiefs into the entire AFC. Like, Joe right. Burrow was hurt. They This was an easier AFC than we expected. Aaron Rodgers was hurt. Uh, Deshaun Watson was hurt in Cleveland. Like, this was the year. This was the opportunity. That's why it felt like in the second half, like, time was running out, and they were so desperate. They made the offensive coordinator change. It, it felt like they turned things around. They were favored against the Chiefs. They had them at home. Mm-hmm. Like you said, this is the worst Chiefs team we've seen of the Mahomes era. And still, in the end, they lost. And honestly, like the, the, the score was close, obviously, but the mm-hmm. Chiefs were clearly the better team in that game. That's the thing, right? It was, it was still such a close game. It's not as if Josh Allen played poorly or anything. Like I, th- I thought he played well. Right. And, and Sean McDermott in the second half of the year, like with all the injuries, I thought it, it's, it's a good job. So I don't know exactly what you do from here because Josh Allen probably gives you the best chance against Patrick Mahomes. But from this point forward, like what is their outlook into next season? I, I don't know. I feel like you have to make a change. And maybe it's one of those situations where you're making a change for the sake of change. But it's been, what, five years now? And it doesn't feel like they've gotten closer to the Super Bowl. In right. fact, they haven't gotten closer. They were in the AFC title game two years ago. I think you have to make a change at offensive coordinator at least. And, like, that's not to say anything bad about Joe Brady. I thought he did a pretty good job filling in for Ken Dorsey or replacing him. But I just think you have to go in a different direction to get a different version of Josh Allen out of him. I don't think it's a better version necessarily, but maybe like a more mature version, maybe a a version that's more a little little more reliable down to down. One of the funny things about you know what what the, the the Chiefs did yesterday is you know they've had so many offensive struggles, but the thing you could always do is say, well, you know, I'm still going to bet on the talent, like the actual raw talent of the offense. You still get Andy Reid, you still get Patrick Mahomes, obviously, but you know the, the offensive line had to play better because it just felt like they should have played better. And last week, I thought 
the offensive line finally look like we've seen in seasons past. And now yesterday they get the running game going as well. And it just feels like betting on the talent that finally materialized for this Chiefs offense is, is starting to come out. Yeah, and betting on the fact that they have Patrick Mahomes, I feel like, is what they have to do a little bit more of. I, I feel like they're still getting a little too cute around the end zone, and we saw like the, the Nicole Hardman fumble. Right. But those plays that we've kind of celebrated them for, the, like, the creative plays around the, the end zone, they haven't really been working all that well this year. And I think at a certain point you have to realize you don't have the margin for error you had in years past when you had Tyreek Hill and you were scoring 35 points a game. Like You have to grind games out now, and I think – that's one thing I want to see. That's one change I want to see from the offense is maybe, maybe uh, scrap those those trick plays uh, going forward. They are kind of set up to play that way, right? Because it feels like they've been trying to do this transition, the, the post-Tyreek transition that worked so well last year, and then the running game kind of evolves. But it, it, it sputtered at times. But the the design of where they're trying to get to, they're on that path. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think – I think losing Tyreek was like a, a step back, but two steps forward type of situation. Right. I think it, it, it led to the kind of development I kind of asked for with Josh Allen, where Mahomes was this quarterback who, I, I don't want to say relied on, on explosive plays, but that was a big part of his production was getting throws downfield. And then last year that really shifted and he was able to kind of fill in the gap or, or close that gap between what he was doing early on in his career and then when he had some struggles when, when teams were playing too high and forcing him to, to throw it short. It wasn't always as efficient as it was early on, but I think he found a way to reach that level of efficiency while playing, I, like I'll use the term again, a more mature version of mm-hmm. quarterback. He was more like Tom Brady. He was more like a, a Drew Brees last year, and I think that's carried over. and He's taken it to another level late in the season. Uh, in, in the NFC, uh, it, it felt like Kyle Shanahan, and, and I, I do want to get to the Brock Purdy thing, but j- just starting with Shanahan and just how that game unfolded, it felt like he won a game where he was trying not to lose. Like the end of half sequence there with three timeouts at midfield, that was just like I, I'm pulling my hair out thinking like, go go finish this game. You got this really great opportunity to kind of stamp on the throat of the Packers, and they they just don't. And and Kind of reviewing that game, too. I just feel like uh, Matt LaFleur outcoached Kyle Shanahan but didn't win the game. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And I think it's the same old thing with Kyle. He's so great at designing plays and calling plays. But you have to wonder if all that attention to play calling kind of gets in the way of game management. And that's been the theme throughout his career. And that's been the theme, especially in the playoffs with him, is managing games, closing games out. Obviously, they win this one. But I agree with you. You, you. Ha- I'm sure he's questioning himself. Like, why did Brock Purdy drop back? What was it, 45 times? The mm-hmm. 18 carries for Christian McCaffrey. That has to change. I, I don't think they're going to be seeing a, a seventh seed again in the playoffs, and they're not going to be seeing a team that's just full of young players, the youngest team in the league, the cheapest team in the league. I think they really caught a break that their B game came with that matchup. So should 49ers fans feel more confident about their chances uh, to win a Super Bowl after that performance? And now I'll let you talk about Brock Purdy here in this spot. <laughs> yeah, finally. No, uh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't worry about that performance. Uh, obviously, it could have derailed the season, but since mm-hmm. they survived, it's, it's a game in rain, and we know what rain does to Brock Purdy. At least that's what it seems like. He's played two games in the rain this year, and they've both been pretty ugly. I don't think it's going to rain next week. Mm-hmm. The, the weather report says it's going to be clear, so... As long as it's not raining, I think their offense is going to be fine. Now their defense going up against that Lions offensive line, Mm -hmm. now that might be an issue. All right, so let's get into that. Um, 
there is an element to Detroit that I feel like is very uh, consistent. Uh, like we, we've, we've talked so much uh, on this show and in, in general, I'm sure people have heard it in, in the uh, talk about the Detroit Lions, like Jared Goff and the inbreakers, right? And it just feels right. like they just hit that button so many times and it's there. It's open all the time too. That's what's so funny is he's just hitting these passes. Are, are they going to be able to replicate that in this game when you're going up against Greenlaw with the two picks and Fred Warner in the middle of that field? Yeah, that's the question, right? And I, th- I think so. I think they put so much stress on linebackers just with the diversity in the run game. It's not – it's not like I'm trying to think of a comparison. It's not like the Eagles of last year where – and maybe I'm, I'm being dismissive of the Eagles' run game, but it's not like that straight-ahead, inside-zone, RPO type of run game. They have pulling guards. They, they pull their right tackle. No other team really does that with their right tackle. They do it with Sewell. Uh, you have to be prepared for zone runs, man runs, duo runs, all all that stuff, and that that's tough on linebackers because they have to play those runs differently based on the concept. And when you're constantly thinking, it's easier to make those mistakes. And that's why I think it's so easy for them to access the middle of the field. It starts with the run game mm-hmm. and teams selling out to stop the run game. And that's a choice that defenses are making. Are, are we going to let this run game beat us? This offensive line and Jameer Gibbs beat us? Are we going to let uh, Jared Goff try to beat us? And it's a pick your poison situation. And Jared Goff, to his credit, has been doing well with those situations. But I think it's a gamble you take when you're facing the Lions. You 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 want Jared Goff to have the ball in his hands, not Jameer Gibbs, who who really played really well, especially in pass protection uh, on the weekend. Um, the the thing too about the Packers and, and that game is they they managed to get 136 yards rushing uh, through that. And I, I think if you're looking yeah. for for people that you know aren't familiar down to down game to game with the 49ers, it's like they can be exploited on the ground, even though we we talk about like how great this defense is. So how much of that marries to what Detroit can take advantage of? Yeah, I, I think that's why it's a tricky matchup for the 49ers. If they were playing Dallas, for instance, I would be all over the 49ers. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's going to be a two-score game. But styles make fights in the playoffs, and that would be my concern is them controlling the clock on the ground, 49ers struggling to get them off the field. We don't see Brock Purdy and all those weapons on the field, and you can't score touchdowns when you're on the sideline. Uh, talking to Steven Ruiz from the Ringer NFL, uh while we're just talking about the Green Bay Packers, too, um, is is any team going to have more hype than they will uh, coming into this offseason? Because it feels like you, you make that trade, Jordan Love kind of explodes this year, and now it's like they're they're so, so set up for success off the Aaron Rodgers trade with the extra draft pick, and it, it just feels like they're going to be the team that everyone says, okay, they're the ones that take the step next year. Yeah, I think so, because we love the breakout quarterback. Don't yeah. we? we love the quarterback that, that takes the leap, and, and Jordan Love looks the part. And I, like, I'm like i usually skeptical of guys that just break out, out of nowhere, but I've been on the Jordan Love boat for like a year now, and I think he's legit. But I do think there's going to be growing pains, not just with him, but with that offense. They got hot at the end. I think I thought the coaching staff did a fantastic job over the second half. But progression isn't linear, and there's a lot of young players on that team still have to prove themselves, still have to do it two years in a row. So I do agree with you. I think they're going to be like the sleeper team. The People are going to be like, oh, they might make the Super Bowl. This but year's Lions, would, basically. Would, yeah, yeah. I would bump the brakes a little bit. But I, I, I could see why. I could see why they're excited. I, I do want to see a defensive coordinator change. If they come in with Joe Barry again, it's going to be hard for me to get on board. Uh, is this all just shaping up towards uh, Ravens 49ers Super Bowl then? I think so. I mean, I... I think the Lions have a chance. I don't want to rule out the Lions. Mm-hmm. And, I, of course, I don't want to rule out Patrick Mahomes, but I really think the Ravens have every advantage in that game, and they're playing in Baltimore. As much as I love Mahomes, and I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time, the most talented quarterback of all time at least, the way Lamar is playing, 
I think it's going to be tough for them to win. I think the Ravens are making it. It's a little more of a toss-up in the NFC, but I would side with the 49ers at this point. Uh, he is Steven Ruiz. Actually, uh, uh, before I let you go, actually, well, the, a thought that occurred to me over the weekend, too, with uh, watching Baltimore and that defense and Mike McDonald, because, you know, we're, we're in Vancouver, close to the Seahawks, home of the Seahawks here on the station, and their, their job opening. And, and part of my philosophy kind of looking into this offseason was you play in a division with Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan, go get a head coach that maybe can be, be offensive in philosophy and be better than that. It, it's a hard ask to be better than Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, but then watching Mike McDonald, who had such a great game against the 49ers, the other option, I guess, to me would be someone who can stop Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. If you're approaching the Seahawks job opening, kind of what what line of thinking do you go down? Yeah, like Mike McDonald is is my pick. We did a, a, a joint piece with the staff at the Ringer, and we were supposed to pick like ideal pairings with the coaches, and I picked Seattle for Mike McDonald because I think. His organization, that's what I think makes their defense so well, uh, so good. It's how he teaches it, how he organizes it, how it makes sense to the players. And I think that translates to being a head coach more so than just being a great play caller, like having a right. good feel. I don't think that really translates to the head coaching position, but like management and managing the locker room. The fact that he's gotten like the best years out of players who are kind of tricky to get good years out of, like today even Clowney has been a disappointment everywhere he's been, but this is the best we've ever seen. Uh, Kyle Van Noy is always a tricky player. He's always only ever productive in New England, but Mike McDonald got a lot out of him this year. Kyle Hamilton, if he went to a different team, like he's a superstar talent, but if he goes to a different team, I think there's a chance they might misuse him. He has gotten the most out of him, so I think like that bodes well for him as a head coach, more so than even his play calling, which is super impressive too. Uh, great stuff, man. We really appreciate it, and uh, enjoy the week and uh, the championship weekend. Thanks for having me. It's uh, Stephen Ruiz, uh, NFL writer over at the Ringer. Dot com Also, it jumps on a bunch of uh, pods as well over at uh, the Ringer's feed. All right. Uh, we're going to – I think this might be the last one, too, because it's too hard to, to guess the Super Bowl line. Because as soon as the game ends, you, like, get inundated with it. I'll you, try you my best. Do it. I'll try my best. You should do it. But it was, it was even a lot of work to avoid the lines uh, for championship weekend. Uh, but let's get to it. Guess the lines. <laughs> Uh, all right, Dom. Two games left. Only two. Uh, let's get into it. Have we got the music? There we go. Uh, let's start in the AFC. Kansas City Chiefs at Baltimore Ravens. Chiefs at Ravens. So are, are the Chiefs doing enough to sway the public opinion back in their favor? Or are the Ravens just the juggernaut? Uh Look, they, they've gotten these wins, though, the Chiefs, and people are still going to be looking at Mahomes and Reed and saying uh, e- even if it's against the beast that is Lamar Jackson, the, the potential MVP, uh, how many points is too many for them to start uh, fading it? Uh, man, I, I actually don't know because I, I, I could argue this should be six points and I could argue this would be three points. So I'll go Vegas zone and I'll say Ravens minus five. Sorry, buddy. Five and a half? Ravens minus three. Minus three? Yep. Oh, my goodness. All right. I'll tell you right now. Ravens are going to be my pick. All right. Uh, Ravens minus three. Yes, sir. Let me write that down. The Detroit Lions, or as Elliot Friedman says, Detroit Lions, against the... Which apparently is the correct way to do it. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah, apparently. Uh, Is that a regional thing that, like, in Toronto, that's how they say it? Yeah. 
It's like when people say Calgary. I'm like, no, that sounds off. Who who do you know that says Calgary? I know people. No. Yeah. Oh, I know people. Calgary. Um, Detroit Lions at San Francisco 49ers. Detroit now going to get uh, outside the confines of uh, their home field. Traveling to San Fran, which again, weather should be significantly better. Uh, I than will. In the dome. <laughs> no, I mean better than last week in San Fran. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, obviously not in the dome. <laughs> uh, the, the this is like the the true underdog hype has like materialized for Detroit. I will go 49ers as man. Four and a half point favorites. Minus six and a half. Wow. Six and a half points. Yes, sir. Am I on board for the Detroit Lions? That actually might be a good number. But, uh, man, it's a lot of points to cover for the uh, 49ers. And just because I want to hear it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> need some tree quilling in my life. Uh, all right, we'll uh, get into more on the other side. I do want to read this uh, text, though, uh, from um, – I just lost it here. Uh, from Maddie G on Berard. Bills fans thought the tag team champions of Mahomes and the refs were what they needed to fear, but it was actually their longest rival, wide right with a steel chair. Sports is cruel. Poetic. Sports is cruel. Good text uh, there from Maddie G. Uh, all right, we'll get into some uh, Canucks thoughts, buzzer bell, uh, all coming up on the second half of The People Show.